Welcome and greetings, career-minded superstars. You are listening to the exclusive Career Coach, your podcast for all things career. And I'm Lisa Edwards, the indispensable career coach for superstars just like you. Now let's dig into this week's topic, shall we? Hi there. I want to tell you about my webinars that are going to be coming up every month. I want you to check out my website and see what this month's webinar topic is and sign up. The format is going to be the same every month, even though the topics are going to change. It's going to be a huge variety of career-related topics. I'm going to give you a deep dive into content about that topic for about 30 minutes, and then you're going to have a chance for 30 minutes of Q&A in the chat box while I'm, I'm teaching you. You can ask me a question, and then if you're really brave, and I hope you will be, you can be volunteered to coach live on that month's topic. So you can raise your hand and I'll coach you. I want to give you that URL so that you can go to my website, see what the next topic is and sign up. So go to http colon backslash backslash. Nope. So go to my website at exclusivecareercoaching.com forward slash webinar sign up see what this month's topic is, see when and, and, and what time it is, sign up and, uh, and get in there and participate with me. I look forward to having you there. Thanks. Greetings, career managers. This is Lisa Edwards of the Exclusive Career Coach. How are you today? As I record this, it's getting awfully close to the Christmas holidays and uh, there's so much hecticness and busyness in our lives at this time of the year. So I hope you're taking some time to relax, first of all, and also to reflect on the year, on the wins and maybe the missteps, which I happen to think are the best learning tools of all, and and deciding where you want to go with your career in 2018 and beyond. Today's topic is how to be ARFO, A-R-F-O. So let me tell you a little bit about ARFO. So I surveyed a lot of my clients uh, a few years ago and was asking them some questions about how they, you know, got their their job since they worked with me and, you know, those kinds of things. And what I heard was a theme of clients who were in constant job search mode. So they never went in and out of job search mode, but they stayed in a readiness mode where they were always open to speak with employers and and be ready for those opportunities. And so I coined that ARFO, always ready for opportunity. And so I think that this is such a cool concept. And of course, I've heard of, had heard of people doing it, but it was interesting that I kept hearing it over and over again from oftentimes from the clients that I would consider kind of the cream of the cream um, of the clients that I've worked with. What's so great about ARFO I think that there's two sides to it. So certainly when you're ready for opportunity, you can take advantage of those opportunities that that come by. You can have those conversations and see if it might be the right fit for you. It's very difficult to do that when you don't have your ducks in a row, so to speak. When when things aren't updated and current and you, you feel maybe even conflicted about having that conversation, Sometimes you let those opportunities pass. But here's the other side, and I'm firmly convinced of this. I don't think those opportunities show up in your life when you're not open to receiving them. So it's not that you're turning them down or, or ignoring them. They're not showing up at all because energetically you're not there. You're not in a mode of 
come to me, I'm accepting of those opportunities. So I think that for both of those reasons, you want to be ARFO. You want to be in that position. You can always say no to that opportunity, but you can't say yes to it if you don't have the conversation or if the opportunity never even comes across your, your life uh, because you're not ready to receive it. So I want to give you my top eight tips for being ARFO. And number one is obvious, and I know I'm a broken record about this one, but you got to keep your resume and your LinkedIn profile updated. It's just absolutely necessary. I had a client reach out to me just this week who has a new position. She's gotten it in the last month, and she wanted to immediately update her resume and her LinkedIn profile to reflect her new positions. Now, is she planning on looking for another job right now? No, she really likes the job. She's jazzed about it, but she just wants to keep things current, and I think that's such a great practice. And here's what I see over and over again with my clients is that they're well-intentioned, but when there's not a sense of urgency about that, they often let it slip. So they'll reach out to me, but then the follow-through is not there. And of course, I can't do my job without receiving certain pieces of information from my client. And I have seen this so many times. They'll reach out to me, will take the initial steps, and then they won't get their, their updated information back to me in a timely manner, and months will go by. And then all of a sudden, their circumstance changes. They get terminated, or they their situation becomes untenable, or they find out the company is being sold, whatever the case may be. And all of a sudden, that that project of updating their documents moves from the back burner, if it was even on the stove at all, to the front burner, we're going to turn that cooker up high. Well, that's okay, and I try to respond to clients as best I can when that happens, but I would much rather be more proactive about that. So it really is a matter of, I think, a combination of time management and also um, you know, managing something that is important but not as urgent, making sure that it gets its place on your schedule as opposed to something that's kind of a, you know, a, a fire that you're having to put out in your, in your daily work. So keep that resume and LinkedIn profile updated. You know, like every six months is kind of a good rule of thumb. Now, do all of my clients come to me every six months and say, here, Lisa? No, I've got some clients who do it. So I do their new resume and their LinkedIn profile, and they'll go forever. Some of them will never come back to me, and they love me. It's not that they're unhappy. They just feel like they can make it work from there on out. I have other clients who will go through, you know, a couple of jobs and then they'll come back to me and they'll say, you know, it's starting to look a little wonky. I can, I can tell that it's not the same voice throughout. Let's come go back to the drawing board and make this thing cohesive. I have other clients. I've got one in particular that uh, just reached out to me this week. He will not touch his documents without me. So every, and he's been applying actively over the last few months, every single company. He wants me to do the adjustments to that resume to make it suitable for that particular job and do a cover letter for that particular job. And I'm okay with that as well. All right. So resume and, and LinkedIn profile updated. Number two to be ARFO, be great where you are. You know, the chance of someone reaching out to you and having a great opportunity for you is certainly going to be diminished if you're not killing it where you are. 
And we've talked about, um, I did a podcast, I don't remember what number it was, um, about thinking yourself motivated. And sometimes that's what you really have to do. There's no one there at the company who's motivating you. It's maybe it's actually a very demotivating environment. That's no excuse for you not to perform at the top of your game. You can hate it there. You can be harassed there. You can be, oh, I, it can be the worst environment in the world but you can still kill it to the best of your ability within whatever parameters or constraints they're putting on you. So I have a client right now who's in um, pharma device sales, um, and she is, they've just taken her territory from an entire state down to a, a fairly small region of the state, and it's really affecting her numbers and her motivation. So we did a lot of work around the fact that she's just got to kill it in that region, we can explain why her numbers that were way up here are now down here, but it still should be her doing the very best she can. And the fact that they've taken a large portion of the state away from her does not give her an excuse to underperform. And the fact that she's now actively job searching does not give her an excuse to underperform. So until the day you walk out of there, be great. Give it the very best you can. Not for your employer, although absolutely they're paying you and they deserve to get the best from you. I want you to do your best for you and for what that does for you, knowing that you're giving everything. So when you put your head on that pillow at night, you know that you did the best you could do in your job today. Number three, shine your light utilizing LinkedIn as your, I think of it as kind of an advanced resume. So what I mean by that is in advance of an employer receiving your resume, they're likely going to see your LinkedIn profile. It's really shifted. LinkedIn is usually the first thing an employer sees and then they see your resume later. So it really affects kind of the strategy and how you approach those two documents. So I want you to make sure that those metrics, those awards and recognition and your recommendations are all bright and shiny on LinkedIn because recruiters are everywhere on LinkedIn and that's how they're finding people. And so they're never going to see your fabulous, amazing resume if they, if you don't have a LinkedIn profile that really shines on a light on you. So I think what the mistake that many people make is they just cut and paste their resume, very dry, very uninteresting, um, or worse yet, they just list their company names and there's no content there at all. Well, no content means it's going to be very hard for the recruiter to find you because there's no population, there's no information in the areas that he's searching on. But secondly, there's nothing there to cause him or her to want it to reach out to you over somebody else. So make sure that all your really good stuff. Now, I have clients who are like, we can't put that dollar amount in my LinkedIn profile. It's okay on my resume. Or, you know, I was a consultant and I can't put the name of the company. So we, we back off of the name of the company and we describe it as a, you know, a leading steel manufacturer or something like that. That's perfectly okay. So maybe a dollar amount doesn't go in there, but we can put the percentage of increase. We could put a percentage of decrease. We could put some of those kinds of, of numbers in there. Number four. Keep your network active. You should never go in and out of networking mode. So one of the best practices that came up as I was talking to my clients and as I was developing this notion of ARFO, always ready for opportunity, 
was that these folks who were engaging in ARFA were always networking. And, you know, I, I heard one time I, I, I reached out to, actually, at the same time I was doing this survey, I reached out to one of my clients and he said, oh, yeah, I really used LinkedIn while I was job searching, but now that I've got a job, I don't pay any attention to it at all. And I kind of cringed when he said that because that's not a best practice. The best practice is that you are making an effort on a consistent basis. So if you think about, you know, anything that you want to achieve, let's say that you want to run a marathon and you've never run at all. You know, if you try to wait until, I don't know, a week before the race, you're going to have a really uphill climb, a very steep learning curve to get ready for that marathon. What, what typically what people will do in prepping for a marathon is create a schedule that ramps them up slowly so that they don't injure themselves, but they're making a steady stream of effort in preparing for that marathon. And that's really what I want you to do. You can bet that you're going to need that network at some future time. It may be tomorrow. It might be next year. It might be 10 years from now. But by putting in a steady stream of effort, perhaps saying that on Tuesdays, I'm going to commit lunch to someone that I can network with, or I'm going to continue to be, I'm going to continue to be active in this group because there's great networking potential in it, even though I'm not looking for a job right now. Those little deposits into your networking bank, if you will, are going to pay huge dividends when it comes time for you to make a withdrawal from your network. Number five, allow recruiters in. You want to make sure that your system is set up so that they can get to you. So what do I mean by that? If you have a gatekeeper, you have a receptionist or a secretary or someone who answers the phone for you, you're going to have to decide how to handle this on a case-by-case basis. But if you want calls from recruiters then, then and there's somebody else answering your phone, you're going to have to let them know that so that you can have those calls. I, I've heard from recruiters that that's one of their greatest sources of frustration. They have a great opportunity. They're looking at someone, say, on LinkedIn who looks like a fantastic candidate and try as they might, they're not able to get through to that person. And oftentimes recruiters are working on a pretty short timeline, so they need to get a hold of people pretty quickly. So just keep in mind that you might have to kind of confide in, uh, again, a, a secretary or a receptionist about letting those kinds of phone calls come through. Number six, scratch recruiters' backs and they will eventually scratch yours. So I will do in a future podcast, I'll talk about some of the things that you can do for recruiters to kind of help them out. How can you be a source of wisdom about the people and the trends in your industry so that when you're not job searching, they will come to you, they will reach out to you, they will stay connected to you. And then when they have a great opportunity or you have a need, that that connection is already established, that relationship is already built. So it really kind of is the same thing as the networking that I was talking about. Instead of waiting until you need that network or you need that recruiter, keep that relationship going. Think about how you can help that person now so that they'll help you later on. Next, when it comes to your current employer, I want you to grow your roots widely, but not too deeply. So this has kind of been a kind of a career philosophy of mine. And here's why I say this. 
I think that when you plant your roots too deeply in a company, you lose your professional advantage, both on the inside in terms of, you know, raises and promotions, but also from the outside, I think it kind of shows. So my philosophy as I have gone when I, when I worked for other, other people and I would go into a new business, new job, is I wanted to be as valuable as I could be and I wanted to be as influential and impactful as I could be. But I didn't ever want to give this sense that no matter what, I'm here, I'm staying. Because what I saw over and over again, I especially when I lived in a small uh, rural area of Northeast Missouri, I worked at a university and I saw around me people who, you know, because of their spouse's jobs, um, everyone knew that they weren't going anywhere. And, and I happened to work for the largest employer in the, in the county. And so there weren't a ton of other opportunities within that town. So it was kind of the university and that was about it. So they wouldn't always be considered for promotions and they wouldn't always be considered for, you know, salary raises that would keep their salary competitive because their boss knew that no matter what, they weren't going anywhere. And I think you really lose your competitive advantage when you, when you put those roots in so deeply that, that you're so married to that job and, and that they know you're married to that job. Um, so, you know, I want you to be fully engaged in that job and I want you to be as impactful as you possibly can, but I don't want you to be, um, to, to look as though you're never going to go anywhere no matter what. And then number eight, finally, I want you to be willing to have a conversation with a recruiter, whether this is a third-party recruiter or an in-house recruiter, whether it's a hiring manager, have the conversation even if you're not immediately gung-ho about the opportunity or even if the opportunity, you know, like you don't even understand it. They haven't given you enough information to know whether it's a viable opportunity for you. You never know what you're going to find out and you never know where that conversation might lead down the road. So maybe that specific opportunity, no, it's not a great fit for you. But on the other hand, you make a great impression and six months down the road, something opens up that is a great fit for you. Or that recruiter thinks about a position at another company that would be a better fit for you. Um, and, and, you know, it gets back to really not burning those bridges, but having those conversations, being willing to listen and being gracious no matter how that conversation turns out. So I hope that this has helped you to kind of think about how you can be ARFO. It's really a great career management tool to just be ready at all times, have those conversations, be prepared for those conversations, and, and you know, not be so firmly planted in your current employer that you can't even imagine looking for another job or, or seeking a position outside of that company. And uh, as I said, also be sure that you're great where you are. Be, be giving 100% of your effort every single day because that ultimately is what I think opens up those doors for those other possibilities. Mediocre employees, mediocre performers are typically not the ones who are being um, scouted by recruiters. So I hope this is helpful. As I say to you every week, I want to be your career coach. So please write a question. I hope you will rate and, and review and subscribe to this podcast. Reach out to me on the website 
and let's have a conversation. Let's see how I can help you. Um, I am here for you in 2018 and beyond. So I hope that this has been helpful and gets you thinking about how you can be ARFO. Take care. You've been listening to the Exclusive Career Coach with Lisa Edwards, CEO of Exclusive Career Coaching. It would be great if you would rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Also, I want to be your career coach, so be sure to ask questions about your career management challenges and job search situation. Until next time.